What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people working down in Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Friday edition of the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Bart has been the one and twos. Your number is 1-800-707-9760. Again, that is 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we were discussing on yesterday's uh, show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call or you got left on hold, you can parlay that over till today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments. And we'll We'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, it is at Sports Grind. And also, if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, and I'll read them in real time if we get to them. If not, I'll comment to them later. But you can go to the Facebook business page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well. And if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast every day, seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right. Barton, you with us? Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's get it. Let's end the week strong going into the weekend of college football and NFL, which we'll get to here shortly. We'll start with recapping that game last night, and then we'll go into some of these college matchups and circle back to the NFL. We've got another edition of Foundation Picks for you that we'll get into the next hour. Um, at some point, we'll give those, try to bounce back from a two and four weekend last weekend. Uh, but we've got a lot of things going on. Uh, first off, we've got um, – of course, the big story yesterday was revolving the NBA, um, and we kind of had more information and stuff trickle out. Uh, Boston had a press conference this morning, um, you know, with uh, Brad Stevens. Um, that's the head, you know, VP, GM of basketball. And we had a statement released from Adoka um, yesterday or even or this morning, and it was personally hand-delivered to uh, Malika Andrews um, to release the statement. But um, where we're at is that Boston had made the decision to go ahead and suspend him for a full year, okay, which reports out there that he might receive 50% of his salary. Um, you know, I had a theory about this last night. I know Boston was actually going to have a press conference today, but, you know, to me, the more I kind of went through all this and I'm like, you know, look, man, this is a first year head coach. Uh, he went to the finals. Okay. Um, you know, last year in his first year, um, I started thinking like, wow, there has to be more to this. I mean, when you're talking about regardless if the policy is a policy, but if you're talking about really telling a coach like that, that has a lot of promise, um, there has to be more and something to it. So I started thinking, I was like, you know what? I mean, the key to this is going to be there had to be somebody. I was thinking this last night I was up late, but I was like, you know what? There has to be somebody of importance, this lady of whoever he had this you know, an inappropriate but consensual relationship with. Then I started thinking. I'm like, well, was it the owner's wife? Was it the owner's assistant? Was it somebody on the board? 
And again, one of the things that's sad about it, because again, in the day of social media that we live in, you had like about three or four female pitchers that worked in Boston that basically circ- uh, circulated as of yesterday. None of them was, you know, none of them was the actual lady. So, you know, they had to go through their stuff. Can you imagine, like, you know, if you're a husband of theirs and you're at work and said things are trending and all of a sudden, they're like, what? You're white and you haven't heard nothing about it and you see her picture, you think he's the one, she's the one? That caused a lot of, you know, Brad Stevens was actually pissed off today, you could tell in the press conference, you know, calling it BS. Uh, but, you know, it's come out, I guess it's a it's a wife of a of one of the VPs. I believe that speculated out there. Um, speculated out there. Yeah. Well, I I was before more information came out today. I was going that way because I'm figuring like if if it had to be either the owner's wife, somebody's daughter, somebody that's high up in Boston for them to sit there and say, look, we've got to go ahead and suspend him for a year. Now I kind of told you yesterday, which was kind of my long along the lines of me thinking is that. There was really no need to suspend him for the whole year and think that he's going to retain as a Boston Celtics coach. Because as you can see by their press conference, which I do, you know, I, I it is kind of like I can see where they're working because they went out and also said that the suspension is de- indefinitely. And there's really no guarantee that he's going to keep his job. What they're trying to do is pretty much keep him handcuffed which is a problem because they know that if they outright fire him, they know there's going to be teams that are going to line up. It maybe, you know, we're a week away from camp, maybe about now, but during the course of giving him an opportunity. So they want to go ahead and basically suspend him for a year, but say it isn't indefinitely an uh, indefinite suspension. And also they're saying there's no guarantee he's going to keep his job. Not going to keep his job. Now, he, the report said he's refusing to resign, and I'm pretty sure that has a lot to do with legal stuff, money. You know, because, again, this is a situation to where whoever this lady is, if it is the lady that has surfaced as whatever having a title that's one of the VP's wives, and she is titled as a Boston employee, then her suspension should be coming too, or she should be losing her job, or she might have to go. Now, if she's high up there and they just make a title up for her, just so they can keep her on payroll. And that stuff happens in the business world. It happens, especially in professional sports. That's one thing. But I just don't like the fact of, for one, it was leaked with inside. I stick by what I said yesterday. Somebody had it in form. Um, you know, and again, I went back yesterday, said this had to be something that was investigated for a while. And they confirmed that this morning, saying that this has been a couple months of uh, you know investigation. It really kind of started in July, you know, right after the finals. Um Definitely haven't really seen anything like this before in regards to a coach um, in any league facing a suspension year long because of an inappropriate relationship within the organization. Um, But yeah, but there's definitely there's definitely more to it, because to me, even with the press conference and even with them, it's still a little bit of contradictory going on because it's like, okay, it is. They wanted to stress that it was a consensual relationship, but then all of a sudden you have the lady that allegedly is involved saying that, oh, well, he kind of made, you know, unwanting passes at me. Well, which one is it? I mean, is it consent? Because to me, it kind of sounds like either he was ready to cut it off and she got salty or either if there's some other female involved in the organization that he was also messing around with, 
And I know how this can go. Some women with a mo they feel dirty. They feel like, wow, it's not just her. Like I knew you were engaged, but it's just not me. And like that old saying goes, it ain't nothing more scorn, nothing more hell fury than a woman scorn. All right. But Adoka's not going to be coaching the Boston Celtics anymore. He's not. And I'm just eager to wonder how the players are going to react to this. Now, I've heard reports that some of the players were interviewed, by, uh, you know, through this investigation. I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but make no mistake about it. This is going to affect them short term and long term. And I have to really wonder what the chemistry is going to be like for the players who really feel like, OK, but is it really warranted to go ahead and suspend him for a year? And to me, that makes me believe that it is a wife of a high executive in Boston speculating that it is speculating it is but I followed the breadcrumbs I was pretty much on it yesterday and I'm just going to tell you that because again you got to think winning is everything in Boston it's them and the Lakers that got the most championships 17 18 whatever they're sitting on 17 16 whatever they've been close this is a young team with a nucleus they just went ahead and pretty much trans transformed from Danny Ainge to Brad Stevens up in the front office you know, you, you're coming off of a finals. You have to understand that in, in my opinion, this was really about the whole year is really in person, like personable, like person. It, it's taking it personally. And, and if another man of, is in that situation and you're working and your wife works with the organization and you got the head coach sleeping with my wife, then, yeah, there is going to be emotions into that. But I'm telling you that I knew it had to be a high official and it had to be something to make that decision to go ahead. And I still feel that they were if, if this was going on since July, the investigation, I really do believe they were trying to go ahead and handle this internally in regards to trying to handle this before it leaked out to where it's pressure from public perception that you've got to do something with this head coach. Go ahead. But if it's a personal matter and someone in the Celtics is ramping up this penalty to a full year or an indefinite suspension because they feel they personally feel attacked or somebody that they're related to feels it was personally attacked, that's open grounds for a lawsuit for a punishment that that that's an egregious punishment, which Ime could could, could try to counter and sue for for being un, unjustfully punished and, and suspended for a full year. They've got the Boston Celtics have to watch how how they they can't overreact just because they might feel it personally. That's where like it's one of those things where sure maybe it's got to be maybe the inappropriate part. I think this, this all just still stems back to. This is an HR issue. That's where the team has the right to lay down the punishment is because of the HR issue. Inappropriate behavior in the workplace. Now you have the comments. And don't forget, too, this is on the heels of Robert Sarver in Phoenix. So any, any, any other organization going through any kind of comments in the, in the workplace... This might not be the last time we see these. But but I don't think you can I I don't think you can group this with the Sarver thing. It's not the same thing. It's, it's not, not the same it, thing, it's, it's, but it's, it's totally but it's, different. But it's impacted by it because this now sets the public perception, the conversation happening around. Okay? And so and, and if he actually went as far to be in an active relationship with somebody who maybe feels like they were coerced into the consensual relationship. 
Sorry for those words. Uh, this 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 punishment is severe. Well, well first I of all, let's go. Let's back up a little bit because when you talk about a doke and having the leg to stand on and sue and all this, it comes down to what's in the language of his contract in regards to inappropriate relationships with staff members. Because at the end of the day, obviously, what he signed and what's in his contract gives them the opportunity to either handle this any way they want to, either fire him, either suspend him, or either just fine him. They choose to go extreme because it is personal and because the genie's out of the bottle. It's somebody high up that is their wife. This that that's then, in my then that's, opinion. Then that's attacking him. What you, well, how with, can it, with it's, that it's penalty? Not a, it's not that, attacking. That's open, that's open grounds no, no, for no, a lawsuit. No, 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 it's not attacking it because you're because you can't have it both ways. Yesterday you were basically talking about HR. It's in the contract, and there's there's places, there's businesses that have work that have language that you can't have inappropriate relationships. The bottom line is so you that was your stance yesterday. So and it today, still is. okay. So today, if we're going by your take yesterday, and this is just about the standards that's in the policy of the contract he signed. At the end of the day, he put himself in this situation, okay? We don't know yet if there's multiple women within the organization or if it's just this alleged uh, lady that is a wife of a high official in Boston, because I forgot what her title is, supposedly. Then it's a situation where, look, you signed it, you know it's inappropriate, and due to the fact that I am a guy that is higher up than you, and evidently, I've got a little bit more tenure than you do here. And that's my wife. This is how I want to handle it. And due to the fact of it is, is that due to whatever's the language in this contract, he's put himself in the position to let them to take it to the extreme. But you can't just handle things the way you want to handle things because you, because you are personally involved. If the contract, if the contract there, says, there are there are HR penalties, which is why I'm saying this, the take hasn't changed. There are HR stipulations as to just like in the NFL. There's if you if you if you do certain things, there's a penalty put in place. For okay, it. and Jonas, what I'm listen to what I'm trying to tell you, and I'm trying to tell you based off your HR take and based off the contract that he signed that allows you that says you cannot have an appropriate relationships with a staff member. At the end of the day, that's it. That's black and white. So if you slept with my wife. And I decide and tell my guy, we're not just finding him. I want this guy out of here. You can't. Who's to say that that? Well, you're making it's obvious that it's personal, but that's not going to stand up for a lawsuit. If he signed something and said, you're not supposed to be doing this with employees. Whether, he put himself in that situation. Whether you, slept with, whether you slept with somebody's wife in the building or the cleaning lady. OK, you still broke. And, and, and if it's an HR thing where you're supposed to report and, relationships. And I'm telling you the reality, if it was a cleaning lady. Or it was a trainer, he wouldn't be suspended for a year. And and that's why it cannot be escalated because somebody feels personally. That's why you can't opens, say you can't say that because you don't know what the contract looks that's, like. That's why because no, it's because you can't just attack somebody and single somebody out and say because I feel wronged here. I'm the I'm, I'm an owner. I'm an executive. Behind, I feel but, wronged. You're being naive, bro. Behind closed door, look. That's why he, oh, day, he opens himself up for a lawsuit. If that's what that guy is trying to do. How do you prove that, though? If it says, look, if it says no inappropriate relationship with nobody's staff, whether it's my wife, whether it's the trainer, whether it's the cleaning lady, the bottom line is you broke the rules. And so happening to be my wife, I'm not going to be lenient on it. I want you gone. And if I convince if I convince Brad Stevens, if I convince the owner and I've been here longer than you and they're going to ride with me instead of your ass ball game. 
So it doesn't matter. What you're trying to say cannot be pulled up in court. If he didn't say anything, they don't have any rules like that, then yes. But you're naive to sit there and think that the punishment or the venom is going to be the same if it's just a trainer or a cleaning lady. Before this even broke yesterday, I was up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning working, getting prepared for this show. And I started thinking, I was like, you know what, man? There is something more to this. And I'm thinking that it has to be somebody's wife. And a little bit known to Nay, multiple reports, it is a wife of a head of VP official up in Boston. We, there were a lot of reports going around yesterday. I'm telling you, and look, even if it's not who they're saying, it's somebody's wife of his importance in that organization that he slept with to basically pretty much fire. They're firing him. The only reason why they're doing this is because they know if they outright firing him now, there's a team out there that could just go ahead and at the last minute with camp starting a week to go ahead and hire him. This is a brother that went to the finals in his first year. It is promising. And anybody that's followed the Celtics for the last four or five years, and especially me, I've followed them since Brad Stevens came out of Butler. The difference in that team last year was night and day. It is about championships in Boston. So you so for them collectively, the owner, Brad Stevens or whoever to say, hey, you know what, man, we're, this is egregious. We basically went and investigated for a couple months because this until something changes, this is not a sexual assault harassment case. This is a consensual that you kept stressing yesterday situation. So therefore, he slept with the wrong woman's the, the wrong man's wife. They got more power and more tenure in that organization. And that's my opinion. And I think that's what the facts are starting to leak out. Because if it was just a trainer or somebody you saying, his ass wouldn't be suspended for the whole year. He's not going to be coaching Boston anymore. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Bartlett Spitter, the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studio. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka, all right, established in 1938. They have an uncompromising spirit. is the kind they believe that turns players into icons. It's 100% grain to glass, and Stoli Vodka controls all the entire production process, and there's no room for maybe. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports grind. 1-800-707-9760. We're going to move on. I mean, only time's going to tell, but me and you are going to disagree because I think this is just something basically in regards to how life works when you get into the corporate world or when you mess up and you put yourself in a position or what you sign or what their organization rules are. When you sit there, it's like the old saying, like I just told you during break. It's just like they tell you. If you don't want to be basically in the flawed, what most people think flawed, our justice system in this country, and especially as it's told to minority people that look like me, brown people and everything, if you don't want to get in there, don't put yourself, because once you get in the system, you can get screwed. And that's what Adoka did. Dollar to a donut, man. He slept with the wrong woman's wife. And once they get confirmation of who this is, I'm willing to bet you it's somebody's high wife and it's probably the wrong woman he slept with and probably the wrong pigmentation too. Let me put that on there. I like at the end of the day, we're we're falling. We're we're this is the thing that we're really caught up in not realize. We're stop, we're not realizing on what kind of success this guy had last year and the organization he's playing for. You've seen universities that deal with 18, 19 year old kids that sell their soul with kids at college to win at all cost. You saw a coach that was a Texas legend by the name, I hate to do this to y'all Waco, but by the name of Art Bryles that set back and basically had sexual assault take place on the campus that turned on the cheek because, because Baylor was balling. So my point is, is that we've seen a lot less coaches, whoever, players, let's just stick to coaches, get away, you know, pretty much get away with a lot more stuff egregious than have than committing adultery. Whether it's morally wrong, whether it's in the policy of HR, we've seen when it comes to winning. And Boston's all about winning. This ain't they didn't go down on the Sacramento Kings. This didn't go down on, you know, with the Phoenix Suns or either, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies. This is a team that is tied or if not in the lead by one for all, title, all titles of all time in the NBA. They're about winning. Hell, even, even Paul Pierce tweeted out yesterday, like, man, it should just be, a, you know, a fine. And that's Mr. Celtic himself. So I'm just telling you is that there is obviously that this is being you know, punished to the extent of what is allowed to under their policy because it's the wrong, it's either two things. It's either the wrong women he slept with or it's multiple women and maybe for legal reasons they're tiptoeing and don't want to call this sexual harassment or sexual or, or you know, anything, sexual assault. 
unless that comes out and the charges change and the narrative change, then okay. But if the narrative stay the same and you kept stressing this yesterday, consensual, consensual, the bottom line of it is he messed with the, whether he messed with two women or three, the one woman he messed up, he messed with the wrong one that had a high official that's higher than him in that organization and got more tenure. I doubt it very seriously that Ima Adoka basically coaches another game for the Boston Celtics. And they're smart enough to know we're going to handcuff you. We're going to let the public know today that this is, we decided to suspend you for a year. And also, we're going to also let them know. No, first of all, let me take that back. We let the public know that we're going to suspend you. And then also, we're going to let them know the suspension is indefinite. So there's no timetable on it. And we basically let everybody know that, hey, you're still uncontract with Boston. We just might reduct your so no one can touch him. So nobody can sit there because if there was a coach that he ain't worth the damn, that is just basically there in his first year, second year, Boston, whatever, they would have sit there and said, hey, you know what? He's gone. And there's a reason to look two months since July. They've been investigating. Now, according to TMZ, hell, Nia Long just found out about two weeks ago. And the only reason why she found out, she had already moved the kid, already moved to Boston. And the only reason why she found out, he had to come to her 20, 48 hours when the story broke because he knew it was coming out. But he never allegedly, according to TMZ, he never let Nia know that he was being investigated since July. So that's even proof to me more, I think, in my opinion, that's more bread comes to know, hey, man, they were really trying to figure out, can we survive this and keep it under wraps? But somebody in the organization, whether it was the lady that feels scorned, if there was other women that he was messing around, somebody leaked this within the organization to put the pressure and put them in a wall where they had to go in and take it to the extreme. 1-800-707-9760. Also, like I said, we got college to get to. Uh, we got a, quite a few good games that we get, I want to touch on and break down. But before we do that, I just want to, you know, NFL as well, I want to put a bow on last night's game where we saw week three get underway with the uh, Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns end up holding on to be victorious last night as they were able to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, look, the way I, what I took from last night's game, okay, is a couple things. First off, I feel like in Pittsburgh's situation on the losing side, I think personally, they with Mitch Trubisky, I said it yesterday, uh, you know, he doesn't have the juice. He hasn't created the juice that I thought he was uh, with, you know, having an opportunity to get out of that stigma of the whole naggy Chicago situation and go into a team that has some type of receiving core and some type of pieces here and there on the offensive side. Um, but they he, he just hasn't had that spark. Now, part of it, I don't think it's all Mitch's fault because I don't think Mitch had a horrible game last night either. I think it has a lot to do with the play calling and them kind of having their training wheels still on Mitch. They're kind of like, hey, well, we don't really trust you, but we're going to put you out there because we're not ready to put the rookie out there yet. Um, they're going to have a decision to make. Uh, because if it's a situation, if the offense is going to struggle really like this, and he had some receivers drop the drop passes, it makes you wonder, like, what is the point to go ahead and stick with him? And you might as well go ahead and move forward and go with Trubisky. That's my opinion on that. I mean, it's one of those situations that you might as well go ahead and go, excuse me, with uh, Pickett, not Trubisky. You might as well go with Pickett, the young kid, since he's the, since he's the future. You know? Now, on the winning side with Cleveland – couple things that stand out to me. You got to give Jacoby Brissett credit. Um, and I think you've got to give Stefanski a little credit. I've been a, I've been a critic of Stefanski. Jonas knows this. But the truth of the matter is Jacoby looks more comfortable than I've seen him. His few games that he had with the Patriots, the couple years he's with the Colts. 
Last year when he was with the Dolphins, he looks the most comfortable under Stefanski's system. Now, that might be because this is the best running tandem that he's played on with the best running backs with Hunt and Chubb. It could just be because they're not really taking that many chances with him and they're really running the ball very well. But however it goes, you got to give, you know, Jacoby credit and you got to give Stefanski a little credit. If you look at it, Cleveland should be 3-0 and without Deshaun Watson. I mean, they have called the game pretty good for the first three weeks of the season other than the collapse they had on defense in the last couple minutes of the Jets game last week. One other thing I will say about this with Pittsburgh, um, I'm kind of putting Pittsburgh maybe not as bad as the Colts with the whole, you know, uh, Shaq Leonard, as he calls himself now. But I'm putting him in the equation almost Pittsburgh with no T.J. Watt. With no T.J. Watt, the defense has a tendency to struggle. The secondary has a tendency to struggle. They don't really get the pressure because of the attention T.J. Watt, you know, takes. That is something else. If you're a Steeler fan, that is so that's glaring as well also. But give Cleveland credit. I mean, I think that was a big game. I mean, both teams were one and one going in, but nobody in the division won last last week. You know, so that was a big win. But Tomlin, you could see the frustration of him afterwards. He pretty much shot it down. No quarterback change. Whatever. Now, keep in mind, they're like on really like a mini buy because when you play on Thursday, I mean, they're not playing all the way until next Sunday. So you got some time. But if you take a gander at Pittsburgh's schedule coming up for the next three, four weeks, the other side of this and the other question that you got to ask yourself, if you're out there champion for Pickett to get off the sideline and come in, is are you really want to put him through that gauntlet row? I don't have it in front of me. Go take a gander of it the next three or four games. That's tough sledding there if you want to put the rookie. But sometimes you got to be baptized. Just throw him in. You know, sink or swim. Because really, if they're not going to allow Mitch to really take chances. I mean, yes, they had the catch with Pickens last night, but if they're not consistently going to let him roll out, make plays with his feet, his arm on the run, or take some more shots downfield, then you might as well put the young cat in. Were you going to say something? Yeah, your next five games for Pittsburgh. Uh, you've got in, on October 2nd now, uh, with the long break, the Jets. You're hosting the Jets at home. Mm. Would you play Pickett or would you? You say that's the next game? Next game. Okay, Jets. Okay, keep going. Uh, then you hit your gauntlet, okay? Yeah. Uh, at Bills, uh, you're hosting the Buccaneers, at Dolphins, yeah. at Eagles. Yeah. And then you can even stretch that out, hosting the Saints, hosting the Bengals, yeah. at the Colts. Um, I think if you're going to make a move, I mean, Tomlin, as long as I've followed his career, I mean, he's a guy that pretty much is going to, if he has a plan, he's going to stick with it. I don't. I mean, he has enough skins on the wall and tenure in Pittsburgh. I don't think uh, he's going to fall pressure from the fan base up there. Or the Pittsburgh Gazette, even if they still exist. That's old school. But it's one of those situations to where I feel that he's not going to put Pickett in until he really feels ready. But this might be the time. I mean, you really don't want because the thing could be over if you wait till your bye week to do it. Because most time when you go through quarterback changes, especially if it's a rookie, they like to kind of get him his start coming off that bye week because you get more time to prepare. You do this, but their buys down the road. So at the end of the day, this is a mini buy. So if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. I just feel that I'm not ready to give up on Mitch. I don't think he's played that bad, but I will admit he hasn't jumped off at the screen or given them the sizzle that I thought that he would. 1-800-707-9760. Um, all right, so we'll circle back. There are definitely some other NFL games that I want to get to. 
uh, before we get out of here, but I want to go ahead and circle and start and come a little bit back to college. Okay, because we've got some college games uh, this weekend that's going to be taking place. It's starting to get a little bit better because we're starting to get some of them conference matchup games going and we'll be full fledged, I think, here in another week or so. Uh, but let's start with Texas, who's two and one. They're ranked 22 in the AP. Uh, they're going to Texas Tech, who is two and one as well. Um, based on our conversation yesterday, I started wondering and going, look, because when I talked about the robberies and everything, uh, Texas leads this series 54 to 17. That's no robbery. Again, that's no robbery. I mean, they lead this series 54 to 17. And the other thing is this is the Big 12 opener for both of those teams. And this is the third straight year they've done this. So I, and I'm not an opponent of that. I mean, I feel like you're opening three straight years in conference with the same damn team. But this is the both season opener. This is three times in a row that Texas Tech and UT has come in at them being this is their first conference opening game now really the story with this with me is Bijan robinson he's off to a hell of a start early on in this season it's really about him and the texas tech run defense okay robinson has at least 100 yards from scrimmage in each of the first three games this season are they going to be able to control him now i haven't heard an update on yours if he's going to give it a go i know he practiced maybe a little bit are they going to go with him are they still going to go with the backup OK, uh, but the question in this matchup is going to be Texas Tech's run defense versus B. John Robinson. I think Tech might be able to hold maybe. But again, I'm looking for Texas to really show that consistency of whoever they play. OK, I knew they were going to have a letdown after the Alabama game going to UTSA. But can you circle the wagons and get up to say, hey, this might be an opponent that's inferior to us. But can we go down to the Lubbock and can we basically start our Big 12 title run? with the convincing win in that Dust Bowl, I call it down there. 1-800-707-9760. Also, another matchup that's on the radar college-wise, and again, this is our Dos Equis College Preview Weekend, by the way, uh, but the other one I want to preview is the Texas A&M in Jerry's World with Arkansas, who's ranked 10 in the AP. Um, Arkansas has a chance to start 4-0 for the first time since 1988-89 season. That's a long time ago. You weren't even born yet, Jonas. I don't think so. Were you? No. No, I was no. born in the 90s. Yeah, born in the 90s. Um, yeah, that, and, and first of all, they can start 2-0 in the SEC for the first time since 2006. So Arkansas, I've said it all summer, like, man, I can't really understand why everybody's just Arkansas love this and this. I've seen them a little bit, but now I see because they're quarterback. They have a quarterback that looks like, you know, I've heard early on some people to make comparison. I say pump the brakes, but they didn't make some comparisons to Cam and all that of his size and all that. But I feel that coming into this matchup, it's one of these things that his and his name's KG Jefferson, by the way, KJ Jefferson, uh, quarterback for Arkansas. Um, if you look at inside of his numbers, I mean, he's averaging 313 total yards a game and he's completed 55 out of 78 passes in these first three games. And he has a completion percentage of 76.5. He can play. He can play. Now, Texas A&M, they rank ninth in the nation in defense. All right. They're ninth in the nation in defense. Now, to me personally, this is one of these situations to where, you know, what is it? What is it going to? How do I put this? Being almost, I mean, it's a home game for Texas, but it's a neutral field. Everybody knows Jerry's Arkansas alumni. But what's interesting to me is that does Texas A&M play tight? knowing that they already got one loss, knowing that this is an SEC conference game. 
You know, do they come out, play tight? Do they come out and play confidence? Because Texas A&M's defense, I believe they are going to have their hands full with K.J. Jefferson. Um, you know, this is, I think, A&M is a, at some places, they've been a one-and-a-half point favorite. It's minus two at some at some spots. Uh, but, again, this is a 10 versus, um, I think, what did I say, a 10 matchup. A&M is, no, Arkansas is 10, and they've got A&M ranked 23 in the AP. So that game is, is one definitely to take a look at tomorrow. Also, keeping it going, Baylor. Now, this game made the foundation picks. I'll tell you what side I went on at that point. But Baylor is going to Iowa State. And Baylor hasn't won in Ames since 2016, I think I saw. It's been a while since they went, uh, you know, won up there. Now, I told you yesterday, I want to see how Iowa State comes out with the rumors circulating about their head coach in Campbell being possibly being a front runner for that Nebraska job. These kids are only 18, 19, 20. They read social media. They have different emotions. And really, it could be like, damn, I chose to come live in Iowa just to go play with them. He could be going to Nebraska. You know, how do they respond? Now, if you look at this, Baylor has not, you know, I told you they haven't won there since 2006. Now, Baylor is third in the country in Russian defense. Iowa State, their first in total Russian defense. So you got a matchup that you have one versus three in run defense, and it's going to depend on how that plays out and something has to give. I believe this is going to be a physical game in the trenches. Baylor plays physical, but I think this is going to be a physical game in the trenches on both sides, on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. This is going to be a very physical game. I'll relieve, uh, I'll uh, reveal, excuse me, who I have when we get to the foundation picks there in the second hour. Um, also, another matchup um, that's going to be going more on the nightcap side. This game as well has made the foundation picks. You have number seven, USC at Oregon State. Now, I totally really forgot about this as well, too, because there was a lot of stuff going on with USC football last year, you know, in regards to, uh, you know, them pretty much being in a fired situation, intern coach, the whole nine. But last year, Oregon State went to US uh, to USC and beat put 45 on them, beat them 45 to 27 last year. OK, and there's a lot. And, and I'll tell you this. There's a lot of people that I, I've seen. I saw Oregon State play week one at home. They are to me personally. They've always been like this, uh, even under old Mike Riley. I think it was named the other coach. It was just bad. He didn't really you know, he made him competitive, but they've always been, you know, more competitive and harder to beat at home than they have on the road. But this is one of those that, you know, USC is averaging 50.7 points per game. OK. On the other side of it, Oregon State can put up points, too. They're averaging 45.7. That's 13th in the nation. USC, 7th in the nation. So you have the 7th scoring team in the nation versus the 13th scoring team in the nation in Oregon State. You know, when you're talking about, you know, with Lincoln Raleigh, I mean, to me, with this transition to Oklahoma, to USC, to California on the West Coast, he really mastered what he wanted to do with the transfer portal. I mean, in that transfer portal, we talked about it on the show quite a bit. It has really enhanced, really, the time factor of really how long it takes you to turn around a struggling program when you have something like this as a transfer portal. 1-800-707-976. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. <laughs> 